Praise the Lord, and you may be seated if you're not already. Thank God. Get the old gang back together again. You started talking about that. I remembered that for years it was normal for me to be preaching a service right around this one. That we'd come up here for Christmas time. At that point, I don't know if, uh, if there's any way to even figure it out now, but I was preaching, I preached here uh, the third most often of, of any preacher. So here I am again. Stephen was talking about sights and sounds and smells bringing back memories. We started on Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I was once again sitting in the, about 2,000 miles from here, sitting in a broadcast studio, spinning records. And that was one of the records that I put in my lineup occasionally. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Wasn't apostolic then, but I still knew that it was, a, it was wonderful that he had been born. Praise God. Well, <clears throat> I had a, a minister tell me one time when I was a, a very young man, he said, preach your best sermon to your smallest crowd. They are the ones that really want to hear it. Well, I'm not sure that I have the best this morning, but uh, I want us to turn, if uh, at least in our thoughts and on the screen, to Matthew chapter 2 and take in Matthew's telling of this story of the nativity. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. At about that time, while Herod was the king, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod, the old murderous man that he was, was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as, as was everyone in Jerusalem, because when Herod's in, upset, anybody can be in, in danger. And he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? And uh, in, in Bethlehem of Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And they quoted it. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. 
and learn from them the time when the star first appeared. Let's, let's get this information down here. And verse number eight, then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Yeah. Uh -huh. And after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. A very interesting uh, astronomical phenomenon where it's being described here. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. They, they came in on 95 and left on 40. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. And later we find that uh, Herod sent soldiers to kill all of the boy babies in Bethlehem that were two years old and under. Somewhere in there he had done some calculation, and, and I'm sure he gave a wide margin to make sure that he caught the Messiah. Herod had already killed his... his now, get this, this adjective, descriptive term, his favorite wife and some of his sons in his paranoia about someone replacing him as king. Everybody's going to be replaced. Everybody. And uh, so when the well, wise men had left, the, the Lord also spoke to Joseph in a dream. Arise, take Mary and the baby, go to Egypt. Uh, Herod wants to kill him, and, and I'll tell you when to return. So this is the story. This is You, you see many times uh, the, the wise men crowding into the stable. Uh, the Bible tells us that the wise men came to a house, and there they found uh, the mother and child. And uh, so as we, we look at this, there, there's just a lot of things that are, uh, that are wrong about the story of the visit of the wise man. They're not wrong in the Bible, but they're wrong in how they have uh, been relayed and transmitted to us through the years, through the literally centuries and now we're even to the point of millennia that have passed. And the wise men, uh, we, we have heard that uh, there's a song, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traveled afar, uh, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. 
<clears throat> the Bible doesn't say anything about them being kings. Now, somebody uh, went to a passage in Isaiah that talked about kings coming and offering uh, gold before the Lord, but it, it, it's a little stretch to, to go from wise men necessarily to kings. They may have been, but they may not have been. Let me just take a few minutes here and, and, and talk about some of the things that are not uh, in relation to the wise men. Now, the wise men actually is magi, uh, from which we get the term magic. And uh, it has been translated uh, as wise men. It is also in some places translated as sorcerers. And, of course, there are places in the Scripture where sorcery is condemned, but it seems like that these fellows uh, were not so much the charlatans that we think of sorcery now and the uh, demonic uh, uh, possibility of, of uh, uh, entanglement there, but they were probably what were would be considered scientists in those days. They were very likely astrologers, which is the predecessor of astronomy. And uh, they would consider what house all of the uh, various uh, planets and stars and constellations were in and see how, try to figure out how that affected uh, the, the lives of people in that day. I had an aunt uh, many years ago who they said she wouldn't get out of bed. I don't know, I don't know how she would do that. I don't think my uncle would have brought her the paper, but... Uh, the they were trying to get across the idea that it was very important to her, that so important that she wouldn't get out of bed until she had read her daily horoscope to figure out what how she should approach her day and and how it should be. And then, of course, there are people that are uh, involved in all all sorts of this kind of thing of all of the planetary alignments and and. Uh, crystals and uh, how things are arranged and what that'll effect that'll have. But these men seem to have been those who were sincerely trying to find knowledge. They were looking for truth. They were, we, we don't know how they knew about Jesus coming. They uh, some folks have suggested that maybe they had a copy of, uh, somehow had heard about uh, Balaam's prophecy of a star that would rise out of Israel, and, and that had tipped them off. Uh, another one speculated, and a lot of this is speculation, that, that uh, they knew of some prophecy that was in the, in the writings of Daniel that has since been lost, and we uh, just don't know where, what it was that really tipped them off that this great event was happening. And uh, when I look back to that term of, of wise men, magi, sorcerers, uh, there are a lot of things that can be considered sorcery that are actually science once you know what's happening. Uh, I, I thought of a situation that if, if I went out here on the on the front porch, I, I want to do it there where it wouldn't melt any uh, of the asphalt, but and I, I dropped a handful of <clears throat> potassium permanganate <clears throat> there, somewhere there on the, the front porch. It looks like little purple rocks. 
And then I, I happened to, to slip by and, and just uh, from a, a, a small test tube or something, I, I took good aim and, and I tipped it over and, and poured a little glycerin on, on the uh, potassium permanganate and slipped it back in my pocket and just kept walking and, and, and got over here. And I, I turned and said, uh, <clears throat> that's going to catch on fire now. Well, in just a little bit, it'd start smoking, and then it'd start shooting sparks and flames and all. But that's not sorcery; that's science. When you when you put potassium permanganate with glycerin, it catches fire, much like this happened at uh, the University of Texas. At one point, they have a big fountain, and somebody, so, somebody, I don't know who. But somebody got a hold of some raw sodium, some metal. And they just tossed that raw sodium into the fountain. Well, it burned so quickly, got so hot, broke the water apart, the hydrogen and the oxygen, and then had so much heat that it combined them right back together. And there was a tremendous explosion. They never did find out who did that. But you would say, well, how do, you, how do you make an explosion just throwing a piece of metal into water? Well, it's, it's scientific. There's, there are formulas that can tell you about it. I saw one time a situation of, uh, where some guys came in and, and they mixed some chemicals in, in, a, in a tall uh, tube, and uh, every few seconds... The, the liquid that was in the tube would change color. Just a few seconds and it'd be clear. Wait just a little while and, and it'd turn red, bright red. And then it'd turn clear again and bright red again. They called it a clock reaction so that it just kept repeating this. And I, I never did figure out exactly what chemicals they were using. They didn't explain it. But if you didn't know chemistry, if you had no explanation, you'd look at that and say, that's witchcraft. But these men seem to have been, rather than trying to fool people, rather than trying to be charlatans, they intended to be those who were looking for truth and trying to find something that was real. Oh, that song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, that was uh, written by John Henry Hopkins, Jr. It's an old song written in 1857, but it's not that old when it comes to him knowing anything about what was actually going on. By the way, he was uh, the rector at Christ Episcopal Church in Williamsport, <coughs> Pennsylvania. 145 miles, from, uh, 175 miles from here. <laughs> I'm not sure that I can trust him to tell me whether they were kings or not. Uh, there was a, <clears throat> some of the paintings, and, and a lot of what people get is not from the Bible, it's from from paintings from uh, the artists of, of Europe. 
And uh, there are certain sets of paintings that have three, the three wise men. Uh, one of them's old, one of them's uh, middle, and one of them's real young. They say that uh, they were supposed to be representing the three ages of man, that uh, of maturity of somebody about 60 years old, somebody about 40 years old, and somebody about 20 years old. That's, uh, <clears throat> you see that in, in a lot of the pictures. And then there is the other tradition that all three of the wise men stayed together and they, they all, uh, after a particular type of worship, they all died within the same year. And one of them died, at, and they put names to this, and I didn't even bother with the names. But one of them died at the age of 116. The other died at the age of 112. The other died at the age of 109. But when they made the visit, they were 60, 40, and 20. Now, that's some magic. And, uh, I, and also doing my research, I found that uh, all three of these uh, wise men are buried together in several places. And also separately in several other places. In other words, there are a lot of things we, we don't know and, and much that we have wrong. I'm not talking about you necessarily, but what is brought to our attention. But these men came in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma. I heard that they were firemen because they came from afar. <laughs> well, I don't think that's right either. But they came from eastern lands, from someplace east. And we don't know where that was all kinds of speculation everywhere from <laughs> south <laughs> to China. It, just, it had been, been dozens of them. And by the way, how do you know there were three? I know there were three gifts. But it would have been very, very dangerous for a group of only three to set out on a long journey across the uh, caravan routes with all of the, the dangers of brigands and robbers that would be there, especially with them carrying these valuable gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. When they came to Jerusalem, or to, yeah, to Jerusalem, they went to Herod's palace. I've got a, a representation here of the, a reconstruction from archaeological uh, findings. They have made models of, of ancient Jerusalem, and uh, this, this palace surrounded by walls and guard towers. And Of course, if you're looking for a king, for a newborn king, where would you go? Well, you would go to the palace of the present king. And so they 
obviously we're going where it would make sense to find a newborn king. Where is he? And, and the, the fact that they asked the question and that the, it stirred everything up, and it, it probably tells us that there were more than just these three. It was a large, probably a large group that came, that it got people's attention when this large caravan came into town with these obviously wealthy people who are looking to find a new king. And the people all through Jerusalem know it's dangerous to even mention king where Herod can hear it. And so Herod asked, where is this king supposed to be born? Get me my own scholars. These men have asked a question that I want to know the answer to. Well, the scholars came in in Bethlehem. For it's written in the prophet that he who is to be ruler in Israel will be born in Bethlehem. There should have been a mass exodus of scholars from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to respond. It's one thing to have a head knowledge. It's another thing to act upon what you know. These scholars, these lawyers, these rabbis, these teachers of the law could tell you exactly where it was in the scripture. They could read it to the king and say, this is what the prophet said but it made no difference in their own lives. I'm, I'm speaking both locally and, and online to folks this morning that it's made a difference in your lives. Not only that you know, but that you have done something about it. You've gone to have your own meeting and your own relationship with this king of the Jews. And if not, it's time. It's time. Look at these men, these wise men. Well, they're wise because they are looking for this king. But they're smart as well. We've already talked about them being scholars, them studying, being involved in astrology and whatever else passed for science in their day. But the thing is that smart is not always wise. There are many people who are very, very intelligent who make the dumbest moves in their personal walk in this life. There are those who use their super intelligence against the word of God, 
against God's plan for their life. These We need to be not just smart. In fact, I, it really is not all that important whether you are all that smart. If you can be wise to decide and to figure out what really counts, what really makes a difference. These men had a lot of things going for them, and they had a lot of things going against them. For the first thing, they were Gentiles. These men from the east uh, came, magi, they were involved in some kind of uh, other religious uh, tradition, probably Zoroastrians, uh, fire worshipers, but what, whatever they were, they were involved in that, but they were Gentiles. They weren't part of the chosen ones. They, they were not uh, able to trace their lineage back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet here they were. They had come from wherever they were domiciled and had gone many miles. They had taken the time. They had made the effort to travel they didn't just hop in a, in a nice car and zoom on down the interstate. I remember uh, times when I've been driving out in the, in the western part of the country and, and I'd see uh, somewhere far ahead and, and I'd just catch the mileage and see how far it was to that, to that mountain range or to that hill or to whatever it was that was a landmark down the road. And, and then I'd start to try to figure out how long it would take a pioneer on, in a wagon train to get how far that I had gone in an hour. It would have been days and days and days to, to go places that we can travel now uh, in, in an hour and be days down the road. And so these men came with their, with their caravan and, and they took the time and they they made the effort and they went through all of these things. The dangers that surrounded them. Uh, do you know where the next water hole, the next oasis is? Uh, is there a, a band of bandits, uh, of robbers hiding behind that next sand hill? But they came. They came. Because they were looking for the truth as they knew it. They were studious men. They were interested in what was going on. And these men were, were wrong on many accounts. I've already mentioned wrong religion. But even their science was wrong. We've heard a lot in the last few years about Follow the science. And I'm, I'm very positive about science. I'm, I, I was working toward an engineering degree and, and was known as, as one of the, the science kids in school. I'm not, I'm not against education. I'm not against science. But I've been around long enough to, fly, to figure out that a lot of what has passed as science is going to be way differently looked at pretty soon. 
In fact, that's what science is. Science is taking what you know and seeing if it's really true, testing it, going over it again, making hypothesis and checking that out. Uh, like somebody about making a list and checking it twice, well, science is, is making your hypothesis and checking it out multiple times and seeing if somebody else can come with it, uh, uh, come up and duplicate your answers. I, I remember several years ago there were a couple of guys that that uh, made news in the in science uh, all over the world that they had figured out a way to do cold fusion. That's atomic power, like the kind that comes from a hydrogen bomb. And they supposedly had figured out a way to do it without getting vaporized. Well, well the folks, were, and these were supposed to be real scientists, really knew what they were talking about. And folks all over the world were excited about it. Man, if they can do that, our energy problems are over. There can be enough power in a glass of water to run the world electrically. Somehow they disappeared and nobody could find them. And nobody could duplicate what they said they had done. And it was after they figured out they couldn't duplicate it that those guys disappeared. Uh <clears throat> George Washington, any, anybody ever heard of him? You know how he died, don't you? Under the best medical treatment of the day. He had some kind of a cold or congestion or flu or something. And so using the best medical practices of the day, they bled him multiple times well now we know that's dumb d-u-m dumb <laughs> but it was scientific at the time these men were scientists but they were wrong they were looking in the wrong area they were making wrong conclusions all of these things were, were out of kilter and out of sorts, and they didn't have it right, and they didn't understand it, and they, but they saw the star. In spite of all that was wrong over here, they saw the star. Somehow they knew there's a king being born. For their... their mess up and, and the, the things that were against them in relation to their, their heritage and their, and their ethnicity and, and, and what uh, peoples they were associated with and had sprung from. They saw the star. They knew there was a king being born. They had things against them. They were a long ways from where it was happening, but they saw the star. And for all the things that were wrong, they chose to do to get involved with that which was the right thing. And they brought to him their best, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And we, in this day when 
when gold is selling at $1,800 or more per ounce. We, we kind of discount the frankincense and the myrrh. But in those days, those two things were on a close par with the value of gold. They were precious things. It wasn't that one brought a big gift and the other guys just just brought something to, you know, so that they could say they brought something. They all brought valuable things. They saw the star. They understood it was a king. They knew that this one that had come was to be something spectacular, something important in this world forever. And so whether there were three of them or two dozen, whether they were spread out by 20 years between each of them or all clumped together within seven years of each other, whether they all stayed together or spread out among the nations that they might have come from or if they were all from the same area. For all of the things that were wrong, for all of the things that they didn't get right, they were wise men. They were wise. Why were they wise? Because they spent all that time traveling? No. Because they took money uh, that, that they could have used in their researches or to build a bigger home or to have more servants and, and gave it to this couple that had this little boy. Uh, they were wise because their hearts were toward that child, because they had made the, the trip because they had given the offering, because they had counted him worthy of their sacrifice, because they had counted him as worthy of their time, because they were willing to face the danger and the problems that were involved in getting there. Let me tell you, if you're going to go see the king... Even today, there are dangers in it. If you're really going to join up with the king, you're going to face some, some problems. But are you wise? Are you wise? I'm not asking about what you did in school. I'm not asking about how, how smart you've been with your money. I'm not asking about how... How great you are in figuring out problems and, and understanding science and all of those things. I'm asking you, are you wise where it really matters? Give me my title slide. You see, I've, I've got it here. I specifically asked for a, a, a caravan that had more than three in it because we don't know how many there were. But the point is that wise men still seek him. Don't get mad at me because I use just the term men. That's everybody. Those who are of humanity, the wise still seek him. You say, well, I've, I've made my trip to uh, to his feet 
Yeah, but are you following him? Have you stayed with him? It's not enough just to get a glimpse. It's not enough just to, just to visit for a while. This one that was born in Bethlehem requires our whole commitment. Everything we are, everything we have. Oh, yeah, it, it's easy to say, but it, it comes down to doing it where we find out whether we are wise or otherwise. Wise men still seek him. When you say, I'm, I'm not of the, the right group, forget that. There is no right group. Everybody can be in his group. I spoke with a lady back in Bartlesville many years ago. I'd, I'd done business in the, in the store lots of times, and I found out she was an atheist. She knew I was a preacher. She, she was an atheist. I invited her to church. She said, well, I'm an atheist. I said, that's all right. Come on. Doors open. We're glad to have you. As often happens when you're building a church, you build several. And a few years later, I was in, and she was talking to me about the church that she was going to. It wasn't ours, but she had gone, started going to church. And, and uh, so I, I again invited her, come, come be with us. And she, she said, I don't think I could fit in. Hey, if you can go around giving out gold, you'll fit in. A lot of places. Or if you were literally born in a barn like your parents accused you of when you left the door standing open. You'll fit in. And anywhere in between. Because we serve him who was born in a barn. And yet paves his streets with gold. We use asphalt because it's cheap after all, after we got all the good stuff out of it. He paves the streets with gold because it's just cheap there. If you're so poor, you can't pay attention. You'll fit in. If you're some super, super smart somebody, there's a place for you. The thing is, are you wise enough to go seek him, to find him? Wherever you're starting from, from some place far in the east, some place where they don't really know anything about him. 
the place where they, they worship something that is just a creation rather than the creator. You can find him. If you're wrong about a lot of your thinking, if you're in the wrong political party, and all of them are wrong, because we're, our hope is not in politics. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and him alone. Will you seek him? Will you seek him? The wise men saw a star. And they traveled. They asked questions. And they kept seeking. Until they found him in a house. And worshipped him. Today, things are a little, little different than that. We don't have to make a long, treacherous journey across burning sands, evading robbers, bringing tremendous amounts of wealth and precious gifts with us. Today, we believe him. We accept his word as it's given to us. And then we make a journey, but it's a journey called repentance. Lord, I've done so much wrong. I've been so bad. I'm sorry. And I want you to forgive me. I want you to help me to change my life and my ways. Part of the journey is through the waters of baptism where we're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to wash away the record of all of those sins that just like it never happened. And then open up, continuing to believe him and let him fit you with his spirit. He's that's what he came for is to give you his spirit, that he could live in you and help you, that he could guide you in an even closer, more intimate daily walk, even more than just a dream like he did with these wise men. Well, how will I know when I've got that? Well, when you get the Holy Ghost, the Lord will announce his arrival by speaking through you in a language you don't know. He'll let you and everybody around you know that he's arrived, that he's there. But the wise men have to seek him. And we can seek him. We can seek him this day. And every day, we can walk with him. And when we come, we don't have to come before him with gold or frankincense or myrrh. We come before him with our hearts, with ourselves. Lord, here I am. And the thing about it is, these wise men made the trip once and then are never heard from again. 
We don't know what all happened. Not in their lives, we don't know. But we do know this, that you can come into his presence every day. Walk with him all the time. As you continually seek him, you get closer to him. I don't know what decision you will make today. But you need to seek him. If you've been walking with him for years, there's still more. There's still closer. There's still more love that he has to show you. As we stand this morning, this altar would be open just if, if you'd like to come and just open your heart to him. Oh, come let us adore him. Come let us worship him. Wise men still seek him. Wise men will always seek Him. Wise men. Do you want to be one of the wise men? You may not have science all figured out, but you can get enough of this to change your life and your direction. Oh, come. Come ye, let's, let's worship you. Seek Him, dear Jesus, to magnify you this morning. Oh God, worship you. Oh Lord, help us to be wise. Not just wise in the eyes of men, but oh Lord, wise in heaven's ways. Wise enough to lay aside this temporary earth to gain an eternal heaven. Oh God, to understand that you are available to all of us, whether we be shepherds, whether we be wise men, whether we be kings, whether we be merchants, tradesmen, whatever we might be. God, that the door is open that you are available to all of us. Help us seek you, Lord. Help us seek you, Jesus. We want to behold you. We want to worship you. We want to adore you. We want to live for you. We want to walk with you. We want to be what you would have us to be. Oh, God, be with us this day. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Wise men will always seek you.
lot of things I can't claim, a lot of things I don't claim. But one thing I would like to be able to claim is that when it comes to my relationship with Jesus Christ, that I was wise, that I was wise in my decisions. How about you? Born the King of Angels, oh come let us adore you, oh come let us adore you, oh come let us adore Praise the Lord. A Merry Christmas to all of you. Be safe and continue to seek Him. God bless you. You're dismissed.